0: Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm your host, Lori Barkman, founder of Small.Big. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself a business transition Sherpa. My mission is guiding entrepreneurs on ways to build value in your business and then benefit by letting it go. On this show, we spotlight the theme of transitions, not only to reward you for your hard work, but also to ensure that you look back on your succession without regret. Catch all the episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to visit successionstories.com to sign up for our newsletter. Here's to your success. Happy New Year! It's the start of 2022, and I'm thrilled to be back. This year, the Succession Stories team will bring you more business transition content and lessons learned from incredible entrepreneurs. You'll want to follow Succession Stories in your favorite podcast player to get all the episodes. I'm super excited to share that I'm working on a book inspired by my work with entrepreneurs focusing on exit value planning and having a succession mindset. More to come on that. If you're not yet getting my monthly newsletter, now's a great time to sign up on the show's website, SuccessionStories.com. You'll be amongst the first to hear about my new book, upcoming events, and more great content to help you capture value and transition with success. Speaking of events that brings me to today's episode, I'm sharing an excerpt from a webinar that I did with Chris Broadman, president of Metz Lewis Broadman Must O'Keefe, a law firm specializing in mergers and acquisitions and business transactions. Chris was an early guest on Succession Stories on episode 26 and is a good friend of the show. Our conversation is about transition readiness and maximizing value. Chris does a great job teeing up the topic of value creation and reducing risk and then turns it over to me to discuss how maximizing your business today can help you prepare for an exit on your terms tomorrow.
1: Readiness is one element of a company being a great asset. It's an element you can control to some degree, as, you know, Lori's going to talk about a little bit later. And it's something that really deserves your attention because if your company's not ready, that equals risk, that equals a lower price or no price. Because a lot of companies that want to sell, they haven't prepared and they get there and there's not a buyer. I know one of our participants we just closed a deal with, and it was a tough deal to get done because the sellers did not have a ready business. And I think uh, we closed the deal, but we got a great buy. And we got a great buy because they didn't do the things that they needed to do to take a bunch of risk out of their, out of their business. So Lori's going to talk about readiness a little bit later. But the one suggestion I would have on that to keep in mind is the the bottom there. Be intentional and process oriented. It doesn't happen by accident, right? It doesn't, you don't just wake up and say, okay, in the next six months, I'm going to sell. I'm going to get ready. You need to be intentional about that. You need to grab onto the types of concepts we're talking here. And you need to be a believer that these things matter. And then you need to be intentional about how you go about, Making your your business ready, and part of that is running a process. I think that is not a one man show that is something that you likely need someone like Lori to help you walk through because there are proven frameworks for for how to go about this um, and if you don't operate within a proven framework, it can really be overwhelming. you know you don't know where to start and there's so much to to handle that it's very helpful if, you, if you're working with someone who knows how to run through that process and, you know, take the noise out of it and, and, and keep your eye on, 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 a, on a direct path to readiness. So, Lori, hopefully I've teed you up well.
0: You have. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Chris and Metz Lewis, thanks so much for sponsoring this webinar this morning. I'm really glad to be here, be with you all one of the things that Chris talked about was the amazing amount of activity happening in the market. So I'll tee up some challenging statistics in doing so. I'll also introduce a bit of my background. But as we talked about so many of the positive things happening in the market, I think it's important to think about just some of the macro recognitions that 100% of business owners are going to exit their business at some point. And that's kind of a profound thing. If you think about it, you're either going to leave boots on or boots off, right? As we like to say, but only 20% have a formalized plan. And so for me and who I, are, I am and what I do in my background, I call myself an operator and I'm an operator that's turned into a business transition Sherpa. So Sherpa, somebody who guides, guides the process. And on the front end is growth. It's increasing the value of your business, knowing what makes it ready, and then working with business owners to help them maximize and amplify that potential. Only two out of every 10 businesses that come to market actually sell. That might be surprising, but then when you reflect on some of the comments that Chris made earlier, it's because there are things that that can hold back a company from the market, that it is inherently too risky in the eyes of a buyer, and it inherently is not transferable. And so in my experience, I've worked with small companies up to big. My firm called small.big is a nod to that. But also it's really about how do we help companies not only achieve their growth objectives, but do it in a way that creates value. And so that's really my mission is to work with business owners anticipating a transition in the future. And I like the word transition because it is about change and it is about different options and creating options. And Chris will talk about some of those options as we uh, as we go further in this presentation. But we can presume for today's conversation that there are many business owners that might be interested in selling. And that's the other thing that I do is I, another hat, I am a partner with an M&A advisory firm specializing in the lower middle market called Stony Hill Advisors. And so I work on both the buy side and the sell side with business owners and, and small businesses to help them achieve their goals. And so what's really interesting about this last statistic, about 75% of owners experiencing regret within one year of exiting. When I when I talk to business owners who are interested in selling, and the, one of the first things they say is, I'm the SME, or I'm the subject matter expert, that's a red flag. Because that person has the inherent knowledge, the inherent relationships. And so when they seek to then leave, their identity is really tied into that business and they don't know what they're going to do next. A lot of them will say, I'd like to stay in the company in some way. I don't mind being a consultant to the new owner. And so this path forward of, well, what are those areas that will help you be proud about your next and excited about your next makes you not only caring about the result financially, but also from a personal fulfillment as a way to look at success. So as we look at the next slide, It's about preparation. It's about preparation for a transition. How do you prepare for an exit? That is a complicated question and a complicated answer because there's a lot of work to do. Chris alluded to some of that in his discussion. There's three core pillars of preparation, and these can all take varying amounts of time and work and effort. The first is to maximize your business value. So for me, and I'm, most of my career as an operator, I ran a privately held company subsidiary. We were acquired by a publicly traded company. And so the, the generations of work to maximize that business value and really get ready, that took years. That was not an overnight thing. And so when I work with privately held companies that are in this lower middle market space to recognize what is it that drives enterprise value, there's trade-offs in that. One of the things Chris mentioned earlier about making hiring decisions, hiring a second in a second-in-command, like a 2IC, as I like to call them, costs you money. And maybe for a year or two, it'll affect your profit margins. But But longer term, it's going to enable you to really transfer knowledge and over time transfer your company in a sale or otherwise. And having a clear transition plan is part of that. So... The second pillar is personal on the financial side, knowing what you need to live your life in a happy way after you leave your company. For some, and depending on what age bracket you're in, lifestyle you want to live, for some it might be, I want to be in the grandparent business. I'm a podcast host. I have a podcast called Succession Stories. Chris was on in an episode last year. So if you want to check that out. But I talked to a lot of business owners, CEOs, people have sold their companies, people have bought companies. And in this transition phase, one woman who had built the company with her husband over the 30 years, she said, I just want to be with my grandkids for right now. I don't want to buy another company. I don't want to sit on boards. I don't want to do anything. And that was her personal plan. And she had her financial plan figured out. That's the other side of this is understanding what lifestyle you want to live, what will make you happy? And then if you have a personal wealth advisor, to understand what those numbers mean. What number do you need to be able to live the life the way you'd like after you leave your company? And that life after business side of it, this why, understanding your personal why and what strategies you need to put in place. There are four core pillars of things that I talk to with clients about thinking about life after business. One is having this future vision. You know, why do you want to exit? What do you plan to do after you leave? The second is structuring flexibility in your life so that you understand how much is your business worth to you today? And I also work with clients on that. The first, One of the first things we do is we baseline your business right now. We baseline it on eight core drivers of value, many of which Chris has already mentioned. The ability to really transfer, understand the risks, understand what differentiates you. So if we understand and compare you against your industry peers, put a valuation on it so we have an understanding of range of value, we might have a value gap between what you need in your future and where you are today. And so if there is a gap, and many times there is, that's where we have to really work on maximizing the business value. So this is a continuity of preparing for exit. So how can we create more value? Inherently, there is a balancing act that's happening between creating enterprise value and growing and mitigating that risk. So there's a difference between readiness and attractiveness. And I guess if there's one thing that I want to sort of underscore today, in addition to the second point here about transferability, it's this one, because you think your business is ready and you think your business is attractive. Doesn't mean that in the eyes of a potential acquirer, They agree with you or they see it the same way. And so meeting in the middle, really understanding what risks might be holding you back as detractors from your valuation, or where you might be able to punch above your weight class and and attaining a higher multiple than your peer group. And how can you protect that value before you seek to build additional value? What might be some obstacles? Well, data from BEI in a 2019 survey of business owners asked that question. And the number one answer of what is standing in the way of your exit, they said, I need to improve the business first. So to someone like me who works with business owners on helping them get ready and I'm really understanding what creates enterprise value, where they are today, this was not a surprise to me because I see it. And I think from what Chris said earlier, he sees it too we need to get the financials ready we need to have the readiness factors in place so what are some of those factors that impact business value chris said it's about size and certainly that is important size industry some of those characteristics of the business the growth potential why does growth potential matter well if it's a business that has already maximized its full potential what does that leave for the new owner you know what i like to say what what field is left to plow What can they be looking at as an opportunity? So the competitive differentiation is also very important. Is there something special about this business, whether it's intellectual property, so it's the the software or technology, it might be the methodology of the business and how they go about it. It might be their customer list. It might be other aspects of, of competitive differentiation. Recurring revenue is also very important because for the predictability of future cash flows and assessing the risk in the business. A business that has a model like a subscription, you know, we're used to getting Netflix, for example. We just put it on our credit card and kind of set it and forget it. Or it might be contracts. So there's a difference between recurring, as spelled here on the slide, and reoccurring with an O, because reoccurring is not contracted. It just might. Happen because of relationships that we have. But if those relationships with the rainmaker, the person selling, you know, in charge of sales for the company, if that's the owner, if that's you, and you're going to be leaving, well, that presents risk. So again, it all ties back to that having a large and loyal customer base. And by the way, do you measure it? Do you use net promoter score or other things that can quantify what retention? metrics do you have? So all the KPIs or key performance indicators around your customers can be very important to showcase potential value. Can we show that we are not so dependent on a single customer, that we have deep customer concentration? While it might feel great from a revenue standpoint that, oh, we, we have these wonderful relationships, again, it represents risk in the eye of the behold of the buyer. And it's on the employee side too. So Chris mentioned having employees from a contractual standpoint, how committed are they contractually, but also it could be how committed are they because of the loyalty they have, the culture that you've built in your business or other aspects that may have them committed with financial incentives. And then lastly is supplier concentration. Those can also derail the value of your business because you know some examples have to do with technology. If some companies are so stitched into Apple as their platform and Apple changes their terms of service, well, that can really tank the value of the business because they then have to change course, redevelop, et cetera. But it could also happen on the supply chain. We're seeing a lot of issues now with concentration on the supply side that people have had to find other alternatives. So internal operating systems are also super important. Why? Well, if you have a business that is transferable, that means people know how to do the work without you telling them how to do it. They're not always bouncing back to you to answer, you know, for you to answer their questions and solve their problems. You're not chief firefighter in in charge. And so documenting your processes, having those processes reviewed periodically is a great place to start. It not only helps you bring on new people in an efficient way, but also gives you the ability to measure success and performance. And if you're showcasing that performance to a, a a buyer, then again, it gives them that sense that there's reduced risk from the team and what we call structural capital standpoint. And lastly, for a clear transition plan, that's a written plan. It's not in your head. It's not because you told your wife about it or your, your spouse. It's written down. And a transition plan can mean a variety of things. It either is the emergency, you know, in case of emergency, break this glass. It's either that plan, which is really a contingency plan. Or it's what we are talking about today, which is really more the business transition and exit plan that gets you really forward thinking and prepared for the future. And so my last slide is that why is it important to start early? It's because it takes time. How much time does it take? That's a giant asterisk, which means it depends. But here's some benchmarks if you want to have some generalities for phases, the first phase is preparation. And so where you are, where your business is and its life cycle obviously impacts this. But for a company that's more than 10 years old or the business owner perhaps is in their in their 50s and looking at it from an age of where they want to be, when what age they are when they retire, you might even start sooner than this. The, the companies that really are focused on exit and transition planning Bottom line is your focus on your economics of your business. So it is good business to be creating enterprise value, long and long short of it. There's no harm in getting your business ready because you're preparing in a way that's creating value for you. And you might say, oh, well, Lori, I don't want to sell my company. I want to pass it down to the next generation. I want my family to be running it. Well, that's fantastic. And I love to hear that. And again, on my show, I talk to a lot of family business owners. And what is super important there is to have a business that's worth transferring. And also I've worked in very mature industries and I've worked in, in cutting edge disruptive industries. And so the message to a mature business that has, is possibly going through disruption experiencing that not only because of COVID, but where it is in its life cycle, the message there is it may be too late. You've got to really start if you haven't already. So preparation is super important. The decision phase of actions to take, exploring different options. Chris is going to talk about that in a moment, whether it's creating an ESOP, internal transfer to management, third-party sale, what have you. This can take longer than one to two years. We were being, I think, somewhat conservative in, in saying one to two. But the decision phase is super important. And then also the transaction. And this ranges as well, as you can imagine. For me, it's working with some business owners to get ready. You know, Chris mentioned earlier that, that not having the financial package ready I have one potential buyer who's interested in a small business and the owners, it's been about two months, they haven't given us the P&L statements. They just haven't gotten their exit planning together to be able to send us that. And that's just one small example. So you can imagine how long it can take. If you're not ready and you don't have things prepared, they can drag it out. So for companies to initiate that transaction, go through due diligence, go through all the steps for closing. Again, it can take a, a range of time from perhaps six months to two years. And now I turn it back over to you, Chris. So thank you very much.
1: Lori, that was excellent. Really, really great.
0: My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.